Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Welcome back to Grounds for Discussion. I'm Laura. And I'm Becky. And today we are continuing our discussion on Christie by Catherine Marshall. Mm -hmm. Um, So this week we're mainly going to be talking about kind of the plot and themes of the story. Um, Last week we sort of talked about more of the characters and kind of character character development, but this week we're focusing more on themes. So Yeah, we had mentioned before that there was just so much good (laughs) in this book that we wanted to kind of give you guys more than just what we usually do. So, um, yeah, we're pretty excited about this this episode too bonus yes but it's like the bonus episode yeah it's the extra track here (laughs) yes so all right let's let's get started so um one of the things that probably stood out to every reader was um the book addressed a lot about cultural differences um obviously christy comes from a traditional like uh city upbringing and the mountain people have their own way of living. So um, what were some of the things that stood out in the book to you when it came to the cultural differences, some of the unique things? Yeah, um, I think that's one of the really kind of fun things about this book is just that it's so jarring to Christy to come into this whole different world. And I, I remember um, at some point in my life hearing about, and, and this could be a complete old wives tale, but I remember hearing about how um, maybe in the 40s or 50s, someone went kind of really deep into the Appalachian Mountains somewhere okay. and found some group of people that was still speaking Shakespearean English. Wow. <laughs> now, I have no idea if that's true or not, huh. but it sort of has that ring of truth to it where you think, you know, if you went back in the woods far enough, there might be somebody back yeah. there who's just so secluded and just kind mm-hmm. of on their own. You know, it sort of has that feel of like urban legend. But I wonder if yeah. that could be true, you know. Yeah. And this book feels like that to me. She uh-huh. sort of feels like she's coming into this completely different world. Yeah. And people are just so strange and old fashioned to her. Uh-huh. Um and I will say, if you picked up this book in the middle and started reading it, you would think it was set in the, you know, I don't know, 1800s, 1700s, yeah. 1800s. Yeah, um, that's true. When it's actually set in 1912. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's 20th century. Yeah. Near so, the beginning of the book, she talks about um, she had a strange otherworldly feeling yes. where she uh, felt like when she crossed over the mountains, she was crossing over into another time, another century, like yeah. kind of like back in the American frontier yes. period. Yeah. I thought that was interesting when she talked about that, just how different and how jarring it was. Yeah. I found it so interesting too. Yeah. And I, I think she, um, she experienced some of that you know, right off, but then it didn't necessarily all go away right after she knew everybody either. She still right. sort of felt that way. Yeah. I um, mean, really, she wasn't there that long. I think right. it talks about maybe 11 months or something. Uh-huh. Um, but even just the way that the mountain people had of speaking, I yeah. so I just so thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes. I really did. I mean, yeah. I just remember the first um, 
the first of her students that she meets, I believe. Or yeah. Maybe I can't remember if it's literally the first, but it's it's pretty close. But he kind of comes up to her and says something about, um, a, you know, hi teacher or or teacher, I've, I've come to see you and swap howdies. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> and he tells her that he he memorized her name because mm. it's it was such an unusual name. So to him. strange. So. Yeah. You know, you get the sense like, okay, these kids are very much <laughs> having that same scenario in reverse with, yeah. with Christy. Right. He had to memorize her name because it was such a strange sounding right. name to him. Because yeah. people in his area, you know, are named things like Fairlight. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was so precious. Just the mm-hmm. way they speak and the way that they, you know, yeah, I, just, I found it so really kind of cool. Yeah. I have to say... Okay, so when I was visiting you in Florida a couple weeks ago or whatever, Mm -hmm. and we were trying to finish this book, and we were in the same spot, and we were going somewhere, and you, like, hopped in the car so that you could read to me. I loved that because you did all of the, (laughs) you did all the accents, and, like, it was just fun to listen to. I was like, man, I wish she would read the whole book to me. I did not even, that's funny, I didn't even think about it. I was just kind of, like, reading the book. Yeah. Well, you do that to an extent in your head, you know, if there's an accent. But listening to it is totally different, I think. Like, when you have somebody read to you. That's so funny. It comes out even more, but I loved it. That is too funny. I did not even think about that. But, yeah, yeah, it would be different hearing it, wouldn't it? Yes, because you you read the part about um, Aunt Polly to me. Oh, and yeah, you, and, which is yeah. such a great part. Yes, and you did, yeah, I just thought it was really good. Um, so, kind of going back to the cultural thing, um, I, one part that stood out to me, I don't know if you're done, I'm sorry, if I interrupted no. you. <laughs> no, you're good. No. Okay, okay. So, one of the parts that I thought was uh, interesting to read about was um, how... Okay, so David looked at the the Highlanders in a different way. He kind of thought that they were yeah. lazy. Yeah. Um, but the more that Christy got to know them, the more that she realized that their philosophy on life was just completely different. They yeah. had a different sense of appreciation for life. So, like, even when we talked about Fairlight, how she would take the day off the first spring and enjoy it, and she would go and uh, eat the mint and then drink the cold spring water, and it gave her yeah. a whole sense of, like, she went through all these senses, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, different people look at life in different ways. Um, yeah. And even though it looks like laziness to some people, it it was how they lived. And, and yeah. like, she had this whole conversation in her head about um, the two different ways of living. Like, okay, there's the, the philosophy of work, 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 get as much money and things as you can yeah. um, versus the Highlanders who um, are enjoying parts of, uh, of life that we don't even stop to think about, you know? Yeah. So she said, which one is more valuable? Which one? And she said something about, um, she, uh, this was a quote. I began to wonder if the mountain values were more civilized than civilizations. And I love thinking about that because when we come across a different, um, a different way of life, 
it's so easy. And obviously we're going to look at it through our lens, through how we live life, but that's not how it always is. That's not reality, you know, sometimes. So uh, we might look at them and think, wow, they're really lazy. They're not working or they're not, you know, and that's not what it is for them. She even talked about when they want, when something about the women wanted to make, or she talked with the women about making money, bringing in money, a source of income for their families. I think she had seen, had she seen somebody's, um, and maybe it was Fairlight's, um, at the sewing circle, I believe. Yes. Seen a pattern that they Uh had made and she said, oh, is this your design? And she said, no, it's a, um, it's a very old design. It's a traditional one. And she sort of, and of course, Christy automatically her the wheels start spinning and she's thinking of all these businesses that they could make Yeah, where they could bring in money from these beautiful old traditional artists and ways of doing things and Mm -hmm. all of this. And the women are kind of like, what, why would we, you know, why do we need that? Why would we do that? You know? Yeah. (laughs) Their, their perspective was, we don't need money like yeah what would I do with paper you know yeah we have what we need and so it's just two completely different ways of looking at life and it kind of makes you stop and think yeah I am surrounded by a lot of stuff stuff like things yeah what do I need this for what do I need that for and and you know I, I just it made me stop and think I guess it was that was interesting. To yeah, me. we we need those um, clashes with other cultures to remind us that yeah, um, you know we are in a a culture that is extremely um, independent. Mm-hmm. It's all it, it's very much about the individual, mm-hmm. and it tends to lead to um, I I think a good bit of materialism because yeah. when you're just when it's all about the individual. <laughs> what else is there right it's not, a, it's not relationship it's not right. any of that so what do you add to your life and it ends up being stuff things and yep. those things are never going to be they're not going to satisfy you know right right so yeah. i do love that she kind of that she saw that mm-hmm. that she got it yep especially coming from her you know the one who was trying to get all these things for them and write to all these rich people to get money and right and you know, the, like, help them be more civilized, you know? And they did have real needs, but yes. most of them weren't necessarily monetary. Some of right. them were. Right. Some of them were. Yep. But some of them were just information. Yeah. Or, you know, instruction or that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it, along, along that same vein, um, yeah. is it, are, we're, I don't want to, again, I feel like I'm cutting you off. Now. No, you're fine. No. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the whole bootlegging yes. situation. Yeah. Most of the people that I know or have known probably would have probably had pretty much Christie's reaction yeah. to that whole situation. Yeah. Christy comes into this fresh and doesn't know anything about these people. And all she sees is that these people are you know, making liquor or whatever mm-hmm. on their land and, and it's causing problems. Right. Or so she thinks. She right. just feels like this is a problem. Like this is a social evil. We need to get rid of it. And if you go back to 
you know, 1912 in history, this was a time when people, oh, was yeah, very like there was a big movement towards, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting rid of liquor, and this was right before you know the 20s where you had prohibition, and yep, um, so that was a really big movement to, yeah. you know, get rid of liquor, liquor is evil, mm. and so she comes into it with all that baggage in her brain, yeah, and Doc McNeil kind of has to throw some cold water on some of her ideas. He brings just kind of a lot of new cultural information to Christine's Mm -hmm. attention. Mm -hmm. And so, so this situation, I I mean, I I just think it's like a lot of others because sometimes we think there's really only like one possible view. Mm -hmm. And then we meet somebody who can sort of explain the why behind it. Like Dr. Neal. Right. So, you know, so so let's talk about the bootlegging. I mean, yeah, like what did what did you think about that? Well, initially, I was on board with Christy. I kind of felt the same way that she did. Um, but I think it kind of goes back to you can't fully understand a culture unless you're in and among it. Like, yeah, you can study it. Uh, you can understand some of it, yeah. but you can't fully grasp the. Um, intent of the people unless you're living with them and hearing what they have to say like um like we might see something and assume we understand the motive behind behind right right where they the motives might not be at all what you think they are right yeah so i like the doctor was one of the highlanders he kind of knew um yeah what they were thinking and why they were thinking it and it's generations of you know, believing this way. But I, like I said, I didn't necessarily agree with the bootlegging, but I think, um, that I understood why the people did it after Mm -hmm. I, you know, read more into it. But, um, had you ever heard of the whiskey rebellion? No. Okay. I don't remember. I had, but only because I'd read a book about it. I don't remember learning that in school, and I probably yeah. did, but it was probably such a footnote that it was sort of uh-huh. like, oh, and there was this thing. But right. it was just kind of like a little thing on the frontier, you know? Right. And I'm right. sure we didn't really go into all the whys behind it or mm-hmm. really delve into. There was a whole culture of Scottish people yeah. who brought a, a history and tradition of fine liquor making mm-hmm. from Scotland yep. knew how to make really quality liquor and didn't consider it wrong to imbibe as long as they were, you know, doing it right. wrong or whatever. Right. You know, there's just so much behind it that right. gets lost if you don't understand who these people are. Right. Their history. And he, they did talk about how they, everybody has it in their home. It's like a medicine and that's what yeah. you would use, Yeah, you know, yeah. for pretty much anything and they probably used it for cleaning too and sanitizing and all of this stuff you know yeah because they didn't have alcohol sitting around they didn't have you know hand sanitizer sitting around and right yeah yeah I thought that was really interesting I remember the first time reading it just going wow I had no idea Uh you know I just I didn't know I just thought it was they were just they just wanted to be lawless back in the backwoods or whatever yeah you know yeah uh-huh yeah I feel like so both of us have the experience of, you know, growing up in the North and moving to the South, um, in our adult years. And I feel like this kind of plays into it a little bit. Like when I was, you know, reading through this experience, it kind of made me think of moving here. Um, yeah, for me too. In a sense, my views 
have changed since I've lived in the South. Um, do you feel like, you know, growing up your, your views of the South are different than after you moved? Do you have that? Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Um, I, I remember one of the biggest areas for myself where I have seen that, um, just kind of change in perspective a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, for one thing is the pace of life. Um, yeah. I feel like when I first moved, um, I, I moved from Michigan to, to Tennessee mm-hmm. and, um, I remember just thinking everything was so slow. <laughs> And I just thought, yes. you know, I mean, people would drive down major roads, you know, 45 miles an hour. Uh-huh. And yes. I would just remember being like, why is it so slow? Yeah. And, you know, I, I wasn't, I mean, it was a new place, so I was trying to fit in. So I mm-hmm. wasn't, I wasn't necessarily talking about this stuff with people, but occasionally some things would come up and I'd get little glimpses of kind of, you know, the thought processes or yeah. just the way that people would think. And I'd realize, oh, they're just not in a hurry. They don't mm-hmm. see why they need to be in a hurry with mm-hmm. everything that they do. Yep. And I started to kind of be like, huh, yeah. why do I need to be in a hurry to go to Walmart? Yeah. You know, I mean, or why, right. <laughs> you know, so there was that. That was a big one for me. Yep. And then another big one that has kind of been um, a hard discovery in a way is mm. the realization that I sort of may have looked down on Southerners mm. before I moved here without really quite realizing that that's yep. what it was. Yep. Um, I think I saw, you know, a, you know, I'd see someone who looked a certain way or someone who spoke a certain way or whatever and think, okay, maybe not super bright or, you know, uh-huh. so that kind of thing. And, yes. and I am ashamed of that. I yeah. really am because that's, it, it was, it was not a conscious thing, but it was there. I yep. Think. I totally um, agree. Yes. And so that's something that I've really had to confront and say, why in the world would you think that just because someone speaks differently than you, yeah. that they're any less human, any less educated, any less anything? Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I loved that um, that part is pretty early in the book. I believe she's speaking with um, Mr. P- is it Pentland? Yes. I believe yeah. she's speaking with the man uh-huh. who kind of led her into the the backwoods area where she's at she he he leads her into cutter gap because he's the the mailman Mm -hmm. so he says he's got this pile of letters stacking up that he needs to deliver well come to (laughs) find out it's six letters right (laughs) and (laughs) so so he's got to get back in there with that mail even though there's feet of snow Mm -hmm. so he agrees to take her with him even though he's not sure she can make it because it's Mm -hmm. you know it's a kind of a ridiculous truck and so as they're going along, she sort of starts talking with him and just trying mm-hmm. to get the lay of the land a little bit. Like, what's this place like? What am I walking right. into? And she um, she asks about, because she's very curious about Miss Alice, because mm-hmm. she's heard, heard about her, but she hasn't met her yet. So she wants to know about Miss Alice. And so she asks about Miss Alice to this you know, this gentleman, Mr. Pentland, who's from the bigger town of, you know, what, you know, sort of the train station town before you're kind of in the outback a bit. Yeah. Um, And he says, she's a smiley woman. All her wrinkles are smile wrinkles. (laughs) Has a heap of hair, light hair, little gray in it now. Wears her hair in braids that she folds round and round her head like, like a crown. (laughs) (laughs) And, and she says, and I thought, 
she says, and I had thought Mr. Pentland a man of few words. Mm. Somehow I had had him figured wrong. I had judged this mountain man simple, perhaps because of his speech and because he had not had much formal education. Mm. And she, he starts to describe her, and he, the way that he describes her is just very lyrical and kind yes. of fun. And, and yeah, it, it's got kind of a, a, a cool quality to it. Yeah. Quality to it. And she realizes this guy is, not, you know, he's, he's just a regular person. He's right. certainly, he's certainly not stupid. Right. So uh, I, I really connected to that moment there. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my goodness. Okay. Now we're getting there, Christy. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, her first, um, well, my, I'm sorry, my first um, experience with kind of that different cultural, um, you know, difference when yeah. I moved down here was, um, so I moved from Ohio to Tennessee um, to get married. And um, I had a job right away uh, at a preschool and I was the third three-year-old teacher so you know I'm in teacher mode like I taught third grade in Ohio and very much like you know like we talked about before I'm a type a personality get it done let's get to work you know and I come into (laughs) this environment where we we were all sitting together you know kind of getting to know each other and she was going over you know the schedule, the agenda, stuff like that. Yeah. And then we broke to go and work in our classrooms. Well, I start working, you know, people start coming in and out of the classroom and I'm like, what is going on? Like, (laughs) and then I needed to go down to the office. I specifically remember this. So I had to go down to the office to like make a copy of something. And there were like five women just standing in the office and, and, I was like, okay, you know, like, they're probably just asking a question. They're going to go, no, we stood there for an hour, (laughs) an hour. And in my head the whole time, I was like, I got to get back to work. I got to go do this. I got to do that. I have a mile long, you know, list of things that I want to do. And that was really my first, like, awakening of this is not... This is not what I'm used to. This is not Ohio. This is yeah. not Michigan. This is not where I've been before. I need to like step back and just like take it easy, kind of learn what these people are about. And I really felt like it, there was a bigger emphasis on relationships instead of um, tasks. You know, I, I felt like not that I needed to change but that I needed to be aware of what was going on around me yeah. because I wasn't used to it and it wasn't, it just wasn't what I, you know, came to know as, yeah. as teaching. So yeah, that was a big uh, wake up call for me, I guess, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like when you see somebody in Walmart, you don't just wave, you go and talk to them for 10 minutes you know like it's a whole different thing and it takes getting used to you know but it is funny because every time I go to Michigan I notice little things and I'm like I kind of get upset (laughs) but there there needs to be grace for that as well you know because 
I'm stepping back into a different way of life. Yeah, exactly. So one of the other cultural things that I I was actually a little bit confused about this was the baby part. Do you remember who was it had a baby? Um, um it was Spen- Opal. Opal. Was yeah. It Opal Spencer. Opal McCone, I think okay. was the I okay. think was her name. Um yeah, I couldn't remember her name, but she had a baby and yeah. Um something went wrong. Like she was kind of I should have looked up the section, but she was kind of uh, doing this old-fashioned wives' tale, um, checking the baby because she thought something might be wrong with the baby. Do yeah. You, do you remember this part? Yeah, I do. So she, I know that, I mean, I didn't understand all of it, honestly. Yeah. But I know that she had had this baby and and seems like the baby was still fairly young, you know, mm-hmm. kind of newborn. Mm-hmm. And... Something was off with the baby. I guess it, it sounded to me like maybe the baby had colic or something, you yeah. know, like kind of maybe it was just kind of cranky a lot. Wasn't, yeah. You know, seemed off to, to, to this young mom. So she did. So she, she said the baby was, quote unquote, liver growed. Yeah. Now, I have no idea what that means in mm-hmm. old wives lingo. I don't mm-hmm. know. But she did something and it was like something like you have to put her hand to her heel or something yes. it was it was it was so strange sound I, I couldn't figure out what was going on there yeah and but, then of course the the baby died right but christy was like kind of mortified like yeah it, it she made it sound like she accidentally killed the baby but the woman didn't understand that she killed the baby that's what yeah. it sounded like to that's, me that's what i got from it yeah. That whatever this whatever this cure was that they sh- thought she had this illness of, yeah, the the cure killed her, mm-hmm. and, and she, she thought she was doing right. Yeah, and she even went. Like, Christy went to the doctor about it and was like, "How could you let this happen?" You know. Yeah. And he was like, "You don't understand." <laughs> but that part, I, I don't know. I mean, when it comes to life and death, um, yeah, that seems a little bit. Like, why can't you step in? Because they respect you. They respected yeah. him as the doctor. And they... Well, I mean, I... Yeah, I I agree. You know, when it comes to life and death, you would think that he would put his foot down. But at the same time, I'm not sure how much more he could have done. I mm. think he he talked about how, you know, his, his word was fine unless it came up against granny, whatever. It was right. Opal's... It was Opal's granny who had come up with this cure because yeah. she was a really renowned herbalist mm-hmm. and she had come from Scotland mm-hmm. and she was, you know, that she knew granny so-and-so knew everything. And th- this isn't a culture where, you know, the elderly are revered. Right. You know, they're not looked down on as old and doddering and losing right. their marbles. You know, they don't know what they're talking about. They're old. No, right. the elderly have all the wisdom of the previous generations. Mm-hmm. They have, and they've passed it down for hundreds of years. Yeah. You know, this yeah. this wisdom. And so in Opal's mind, she's like, okay, yeah, Doc, you, you went off and looked at some books. But Granny, she's got this stuff from, from you know, mm. from, you know, ancient wisdom. Yeah. You know, and so he talks about like when his word comes up against, yeah, you know, mount, mountain, right, mountain beliefs is 
there's nothing he can do. They're going to do what they want to do. And he can't sit there and guard the baby all day. Right. Right. So I I kind of understood both sides on that one. Yeah. I I will say that conversation was actually ended up being really kind of funny to me because that's where probably my favorite, like, kind of anecdote came out. Hmm. Um, He talks about... He says, in fact, I have it right here. He says, I I know it's bad, but these people can't be changed all at once. Mm. They have their own timing. The The pace is slower back in these hills than outside. He says, let me tell you something Uncle Bog said only last week. He was talking to me about the great northern lumber company trying to buy up land. A man was up here last week looking around. So this is old Bog talking, all uh-huh. the trouble them outlanders are making for us, trying to get our land. That ain't so bad itself, Uncle Bog said. But it's coming right on top of the war between the states, it seems more than we can stand. Mm. And that just cracked me up. I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> in his mind, the war between the states, I mean, that just happened, and now we got these loggers here. Right. I mean, it's, it's just... I just laughed so hard at that. Yeah. Like, in his brain. I mean, he was probably, if he was alive, he was a child during that war. Uh-huh. So, yeah. it's just, I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, they take the history of their people mm-hmm. and, and assimilate that into their own, almost like it's their own experience. Yeah. I just thought that was so hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, because that part... <laughs> Didn't even really stand out to me, so I thought it was funny. so funny. I mean, he just feels so hounded because yeah. first we had that war, yep, and now now we got these loggers. Uh-huh. <laughs> I yeah. just I laughed so hard. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, we had talked before a little bit about how the book kind of feels like a coming of age, you know, yeah. for Christy in a sense. Christy experienced a lot of like growth in her short amount of time there on the mountain. Yeah. Um, so what were some of the parts that stood out to you when it comes to how she grew as a person? I think for me, the biggest one was um, her, her response to Fairlight's death and mm-hmm what all ensued because of it. Hmm. She was sort of already on a path of discovery between herself and God and Mm -hmm. experiencing God, Mm -hmm. not just knowing about God, but experiencing him in her life and working in her life and Mm -hmm. guiding her. And so she's already kind of on this path of like, okay, God is not just someone who, you know, is, is there and, and, you know, we kind of know about him. He actually wants to be a part of our lives and he loves us deeply. Yeah. And then Fairlight dies. Mm-hmm. And she's just really thrown for a loop by that. Yeah. And she's just so hurt by it. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of starts having this attitude of like, at, you know, sort of, you know, almost like shaking her fists at God going, what are you doing? Like, mm. what is this? Why would you allow this beautiful, beautiful woman who I love so much Mm -hmm. to die this horrible death? And her death is very traumatic Mm -hmm. and scary. Yeah. Um, And her kids are all there standing around watching. Yeah. And that's that's dark stuff. That's hard stuff for anyone. Mm-hmm. But for this 19-year-old girl, she's really staring some real stuff in the face. Yeah. And it 
it finally gets her to a place where she kind of goes, okay, I'm going to ask the questions because I need some answers. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so she takes the time to just go out and sit in silence with God and say, what is, what are you, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, that's the part that stands out the most to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that was very similar to um, what I was thinking, um, especially when she, she realizes that she doesn't have the answers, that yeah. she has to search for them. Because if she doesn't, she will always question God. But, you know, she can't walk her faith without the questioning. And really, yeah. that's, that is uh, a Christian's... I, I feel like that has to happen, in a sense, yeah. for every Christian to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are walking with God. There has to be almost a uh an awakening, you know. Yeah. Um but that was one thing that I just I enjoyed reading in the book because it's such an eye-opening experience for her and to just be able to read about it and um kind of like peep in at her, you know, her pain, but also just yeah. her transformation. I just thought it was beautiful. I, I really enjoyed, um, I almost felt like in a sense I was walking through it with her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely would say that too. And even the part where she, I think I had mentioned this before, but where she was talking to the doctor and the doctor was like, well, why do you believe this? And then she got so flustered and so upset and she went to Miss Alice yeah. and said, I, I, you know, pretty much I didn't like that conversation. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. Yeah. And Miss Alice was like, well, that's the best thing that could have happened to you. And she's like, baffled why would yeah. Miss Alice say that and then she Miss Alice talked about how a lot of Christians go through life not realizing what they believe and why they believe it but here you are a young girl isn't this awesome that you have at this yeah. young age been able to um question your faith and understand why you believe what you believe yeah. so I I kind of liked Miss Alice's response I thought it was it was cool for her to you know respond in that way like don't look at it as a negative look at it as a blessing as a positive yeah Yeah. so yeah I that yeah I I mean I think both of us we just love the character of Miss Alice so much (laughs) I could talk about Miss Alice in a whole episode (laughs) yeah I I I, we won't but I could no we won't but I agree (laughs) She is just, I mean, she's just, she's so well-written. Mm-hmm. Um, you almost feel like someday you're going to meet Miss Alice in heaven, which you know is not true. Right. But. <laughs> well, when you said that the author perhaps had, you know, based the character off of either herself or, you know, her Well, and I, I, sh- I don't know if that's true necessarily. I right. just get that feeling that she's. She has walked a lot of yeah. the questions that sort of come out and this right. kind of thing. And I think I, for me, I feel like she sort of plays that role a little yeah. bit. And, um, I, and that makes me wonder, you know, more about Catherine Marshall. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, me too. she as a person and and what did she believe and how closely did it relate to Miss Alice? So you never know. Maybe... Yeah, Catherine. I know. I, I need to do more. I don't reading. know where Catherine Marshall is. I'm assuming she's dead, but <laughs> I'm assuming I'm assuming she's with with God now. I'm, right. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe we can call her Miss Alice. When we get to yes, <laughs> I think she'd be okay with that. I just yeah. feel like she. Would. I don't know. I just feel like she would. Um, but we do love Miss Alice. So actually, we we talked about that each of us maybe could share. Like a a Miss Alice quotation or mm-hmm. like a, a little passage from Miss Alice's wisdom kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So Becky, what is your your favorite Miss Alice, you know, moment or quotation or yeah? Whatever, whatever. Well, there were a lot because yeah. <laughs> um, I just like I said before, everything that came out of her mouth was like honey. You know, it was just so sweet and uh, full of wisdom, but um. I think one of my favorite conversations that she had was with David um, when they were talking about the evil in men. And um, she had said that the best way to change a person's heart is by demonstrating to them that there's more power in um, love than in evil. Yeah. And the quote is, And that's good news. Let's get on with living and teaching and preaching the good news with all the verve and enthusiasm we have. And I just love that quote because I think it it goes beyond uh, seeing evil in people. And it makes you think about what is my real purpose here? What is my real purpose in saying anything that I say? Right. Is it to teach people about the love of God or is it to be right? Is it to yeah. be, um, think myself more highly than I ought, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess it just made me think about my speech a lot more and what I say and even, you know, how she would respond with the quiet contemplation and, yeah. um, and then these wise words do wise words come out of my mouth? And, you know, I'm so quick, so quick to speak. <laughs> and I need to be quick to yeah. listen and slow to speak, slow to become angry. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of upheaval in the last, what, couple months. Yeah. And to constantly remind myself, I need to be slow to speak, slow to become angry. Yeah, Uh, it's so easy with social media just to jump on that bandwagon and say what you think and why you think it. And yes, we have that right. We have that privilege, which is awesome. Yeah. But are we abusing it or are we respecting it? Like, what does the Bible say about that? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So there's my little tangent. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's good stuff. And you kind of made reference to mine. So I have sort of a favorite quotation, but I also have kind of favorite moments of Miss Alice. And and they're they're Mm. not even they're not words. They're the silences. Mm. Because the first time that I read this book and, and in this reading as well, her silence speaks so loudly yes. throughout this book. Yeah. Um, here is a woman who, you know, half the time Christy would just be, 
you know, babbling, <laughs> just yes. running her mouth because she had so much that she wanted to know right. and so much that she wanted answers for mm-hmm. and so many things. And Miss Alice would just kind of be sitting there in silence mm-hmm. listening. Mm-hmm. And you just got the sense that it wasn't just that she was being silent. Right. But that she was listening to the Holy Spirit. She was carrying on a three-way conversation. Yep. And mm-hmm. I, I, that's my favorite thing about this character is the yeah. way that she that she is always in the presence of of, of God in her mind. Mm-hmm. She she never seems to forget that God is sitting right there with her and yeah. wants to speak into this exact situation right yep. now. Mm-hmm. And I love I, I love that. Um, yeah. But it, as far as actual quotations, I think my yeah. favorite is um, where she's speaking with Christy after, um, I believe it was after, no, I think it was after Tom's death, after Tom dies. Okay. And um, they've just had his funeral, I believe. Yeah. And um, it, it goes right into what we've been talking about. But she, she can see that Christy's really struggling. And she says, go on, Christy. Ask questions. Yeah. Never be afraid of truth. Mm-hmm. Ask questions of yourself and of me. Go back to David and to Neil and ask them more questions. Yes, and your school children, too. You'd be surprised how much children can teach us ossified adults if we'd only stoop to listen. Mm-hmm. And ask God. Ask him ultimate questions about the why of things, about your place in the world, about life, about death. Ask, Christy, ask. Seek. You'll find. The promise is sure. And this, I mean, she's just, she's a woman who's just not at all afraid of the way things are because she yeah. knows underneath all of the way things are, it is her God who is rock solid. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love that about her character. She's so at home in herself. Yeah. And she's so at home with who the people around her are because she knows they too are a work in progress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's not hurried in life because she knows she doesn't have a savior complex. Right. She knows she can't change people. Yep. She knows her God is sufficient. And mm-hmm. she's just walking her thing, you know? I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, I yeah. So that's one yeah. of my favorites where she just kind of gives Christy permission to, to, yeah. to doubt mm-hmm. and to question. I because think, we don't need to be, you don't need to be yeah. afraid of the answers. Um, that. I feel like in the Christian realm, sometimes people look down on questioning. Um, Not look down on, but they just think, oh, if you're questioning, then how solid is your faith? You know? And it's pretty much. When in reality, it's kind of the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's the opposite where, I mean, great heroes of the faith questioned God and God always came back as the solid rock, the truth, the, you know, cause they had so, a real relationship. Can you imagine right. having any kind of relationship with anyone right. where you, n- there was no back and forth. It right. was all just, yes, whatever you say, that's uh-huh. not a real relationship. Right. You know, mm-hmm. the questioning is part of it. The back and forth. Yep. Rest, the wrestling with God like Israel is important. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, yeah, I love that she kind of just gives her the permission. And she's, yeah. she says, not only is it not bad, it's awesome. Do it. Right. Ask the questions. Right. I'm not scared of the answers you will come to. Yeah. I'm not at all scared. Hmm. You know, yeah. I think sometimes, especially as parents, we sort of go, well, I don't want my kid to encounter this thing because that will give them this idea. Hmm. 
And we have to kind of remind ourselves there's there's no there's nothing to be afraid of. I I I remember I used to have a pastor who would say all truth is God's truth. Hmm. So you, you know, you're not yeah. I yeah. think that <laughs> I think I think that we get nervous about le- letting our kids especially confront hard yeah. things. Yeah. When in reality that says more about your faith than exactly. theirs. Yeah. If you're afraid that they're going to find something bad about God, that's telling me a little bit about what maybe you your background or yeah. something that you've encountered that does, is not showing a true reflection of who God is. Right. right. Hmm. Um, that's good. That's good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I just... <laughs> 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 well, I, it's just something that I've had to think about a lot because I, I do think, I, you, you know, you and I were, were brought up very conservatively and I'm mm-hmm. so... I'm so grateful for our upbringing. I can't, I can't begin yep. to say, I can't yeah. begin to say, but sometimes Ben will sort of, you know, want to bring up something or this and that. And I'm like, I don't know if that's wise. Maybe we should just kind of avoid that. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like, I just want to kind of, let's back it up from there, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but those are, those are the best moments. Those are the moments where, you know, you get to show your kids the real, um, the, the real questions, the real yeah. things that, that really go into having a, a, a true relationship, a right. back and forth relationship with God. Yep. A depth that you can't get but if you didn't question. If you yeah. didn't. Yep. Yeah. Um, so do you have a Miss Alice in your life? Somebody that you think, you know just oozes godliness and grace and understanding and all those, you know, character qualities that we admire in her. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I I know I'm going to steal your answer here, but I know I'm um, going to steal your answer, (laughs) but it's, I'm going to say it first. I'm going to say it first. (laughs) It's, it's our dad. Yeah. Um, and our, and our mom as well. Yeah. Um, I think, I think most of our siblings would agree that our dad is a person who is, um, doesn't speak a lot, mm-hmm. but what he says is, it just oozes wisdom and oozes yep. a, a love for God that is almost tangible. And, of mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how else to Mom say it. You'd to have to say, know him. Yeah. <laughs> Mom used to say, when he speaks... We listen. He doesn't speak often, but when he does, we listen. Yeah, exactly. Because the things that came out of his mouth were wise and understanding and loving. And, um, yeah, it, you knew that what was going to be said was going to be godly and good. Yeah. Um, and somehow reflect, you know, Christ's character. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly but then, what I said. <laughs> I knew I knew that would be right. But um aside from that, I actually do try it's it's been a little strange. Um when I when I was married, we moved like literally the next day to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And so it's um and we've moved pretty frequently throughout our marriage. So I I have as we've moved, I've always sort of tried to make a conscious effort to seek out in a Sunday school class or in in church or wherever to try to seek out 
um, a wise older couple or a yes. wise older lady or, you know, that kind of thing. And I haven't always been as successful as I'd wanted to be and that kind of thing. But I, I sort of try to keep my eyes open for someone who can sort of stand in that position for me in person because as much as I love our dad, he's not here with me. Mm-hmm. And as I, I, um, I just think it's so helpful to have someone nearby yes, who can play that role as well. And unfortunately at this moment, I don't necessarily feel like I have mm. someone in my life who is playing that role yeah. other than our parents. But, mm-hmm. um, do you have a Miss Alice who is nearby? Mm. I wanted to ask you about, um, I don't feel like I have a Miss Alice nearby. I feel like I have Miss Alice's in my life, though, that I can call on. Like, um, I I mean, you know, we just moved to a different church. Yeah. Um, Not too long ago, we moved to a different town. So there's some uh, uprooting there, you know. Yeah. Um, And we're working on getting to know people. And that's so hard. Like, it's so difficult to move to a different place when you're still kind of grieving the old place. Yeah. So, um, you know, right now I would say I I don't have somebody like that. However, there are people in my life that are, um, you know, I think of... Um, I call her Mo, but her name is Mrs. Orban. She was like a grandma to me when yeah. I lived in Ohio. And I still contact her and talk to her. Um, and just a wise old lady that yeah. um, spoke into, you know, into my life. And then um, I would say my college friends, like, I, you know, I talk yeah. to them every week for sure. But, you know a lot like yeah you know and maybe not every day but you know a couple times a week we talk and I feel like I can bring anything to them and they will have wise words for me um I went to for those of you that don't know I went to a small Christian college in Pennsylvania and um our dorms were set up a little bit differently where uh, they encouraged, you know, community. So we had three different um, sections in one dorm. And the bottom section I lived in, and then there were things called suites. So there were like, I think, six people per suite. So my suite actually still gets together. We graduated in, what, 2006. So since then, we've tried to get together every single year for a weekend and, um, and it has been life giving, like these girls are just, um, they are so solid and I think it's really unique, the kind of relationship that yeah. we have. It is. Um, and it's just crazy that, you know, we've been through so much and we've gone our different ways and yet we still can come back and, uh, we all believe relatively the same way on things and you know we differ with definitely we differ with some stuff but um our our biblical perspective is the same and that's just so refreshing to have you know friends that you know you can be honest you can be open with them and you can share you know anything with them and they're going to be open and honest with you. So 
It's huge. Yeah, it is. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I am a little jealous because <laughs> I, I used to have those friendships and I feel yeah. like they've sort of fallen away and I've tried to kind of recover it a bit. But I feel like I, I would love if I still had that as well. So, yeah. 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 It is very unique and I'm very very blessed and thankful for them and I think every time we get together we're like you know we say something to that effect like this is so crazy that we could still you know get together and love on each other and respect each other's opinions and uh, you know it's it's beautiful in its own way so yeah I'm yeah I'm really always been kind of impressed by that relationship and how well it's carried through so i think that's Mm. very cool well it's definitely a god thing like yeah he has you know made it possible and we have benefited from that so yeah yeah okay so i I think it's time you think it's time for the ratings i think it's time okay what what (laughs) (laughs) i suppose we should do that um so what what are you gonna rate Christy. Well, if you haven't guessed already, I'm I think obviously I have, <laughs> gonna give it a piece. <laughs> uh yeah, without a doubt, it's one of it's in the top ten of my my favorite books, I would say. Yeah. Uh Micah, my my son, he always likes to ask me what my favorite book is, and I always get a little bit like miffed because I'm like <laughs> Come on, give me a genre. Give yes, me a, you know. exactly. <laughs> I need all these different, you know, categories because there's so many good books. Yes. However, I will say, Christy, if somebody made me like choose a favorite book, I would, I would probably say Christy. And I don't know what yeah, it is about the good. story, uh, the characters that just draws me in so much. And it's, you know, there's other obviously other genres that I really, really enjoy. And this isn't a book for everybody, but I definitely would, without a doubt, recommend this book to anybody. Yeah, unequivocally. It's just so good. So go ahead. Tell me yours. Well, it's <laughs> it, it's not going to be any surprise. It's a beat. Right, right. It's a yeah. beat. You kind of got it. You have to. There's no way around <laughs> it. Like you said, I mean, this book is for everyone. Yes. I, I really think it is. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if, I hope we didn't give the impression that it's a preachy book because I don't feel like it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it doesn't shy away from talking about God either. Exactly. And I, so I really do think it's for anyone. Yeah. It's, it, and it's just, I feel like the characters are very well written mm-hmm. and the story I feel like is engaging and yes. it takes you to a different time and a different place mm-hmm. and a different culture. And, and there's just, yeah, I just love it. It's a beautiful book. Yep. I agree. So. And I feel like we probably should have said this at the beginning, but I think that anybody can listen to this episode and yeah. be engaged without even having read the book. I agree. Um, Because there's so many different uh, discussion points yeah. and opinions and ideas. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's it's just packed full with with good stuff so yeah i agree yeah all right well i think we're gonna wrap it up so thank you for joining us on grounds for discussion where the coffee and the books are a perfect blend <laughs>